Welcome to Speaking in First Draft, a Girls Right Now bi-weekly interview podcast series featuring the current and next generation of storytellers. In this podcast, our community members share a draft of one of their works in progress or completed pieces and discuss both the writing process and what creative expression looks like to them. Speaking in First Draft is hosted by me, Catherine Destin, the editor-in-residence and Mentee alumnae of Girls Right Now. Girls Right Now is a New York City-based nonprofit with over 25 years of history, breaking down the barriers of gender, race, age, and poverty to mentor and train the next generation of writers and leaders for life. For episode six of Speaking in First Draft, mentee Jamila Araf interviews mentor Elle Gonzalez-Rose about her debut novel, Caught in a Bad Fomance. Elle graciously shares one of the earliest drafts of her book, and tells us the backstory behind her creativity and her transition into the YA genre. Together, Jamila and Elle cover a range of topics in the writing process, including outlining, changing perspectives, and channeling real-life experiences into their stories. Welcome to Speaking in First Draft, Girls' Rights Now audio interview series, where we discuss the works and progresses of Girls Right Now mentee, men- mentors, alumni, and teaching artists. Um, I'm Jamila Raff, I'm a mentee, and I'm here with first-year mentor um, El Gonzalez-Rose. Hello, so nice to, to meet you officially. Nice to meet you too. Uh, so El, would you mind sharing for us your first your draft? Yeah, uh, so I'll be reading uh, two excerpts today. Uh, these are both from my debut novel, which is titled Caught in a Bad Fomance. comes out in December of this year with Joy Revolution, which is an imprint uh, of Penguin Random House. Um, and so I'll be reading the first uh, little portion that I'll be reading is actually from the original first, first, first of many drafts. And I'll then be reading a very small portion of the almost final version of pretty close to what you're going to be able to see in December. Uh, Just and they're very different. So I thought it'd be interesting to show kind of like what the process has been like. Uh, So I'm going to start off now with the original first draft. A little help would be appreciated. Devin looks up from his oatmeal, watching as his dad nearly trips over himself while attempting to carry three suitcases down the stairs at once. Diva doesn't look up from her phone, typing away at lightning speed. Andy mutters a string of profanities as he mashes the A key on his switch, letting out a final fucking fuck before throwing it onto the table carelessly. Language, Dad calls out, having made it to the bottom of the stairs in one piece. Devin pushes himself up, up from the table while Andy restarts his game and Diva plugs in her headphones. Isabel comes barreling down the stairs moments later, struggling to pull a cardigan on over her navy scrubs, nearly mowing over her husband in the process. She greets him with a quick kiss on the cheek, rubbing a bit of the sweat off his brow before rushing off into the kitchen. She snatches Andy's switch on her way to the coffee maker, safely depositing it inside the junk drawer. No screens before 10 a.m., she scolds as she pours the last dregs of the coffee into her travel mug. Seriously, Mom? Andy protests, nodding his head towards Diva, who's now moved on to a game of Candy Crush. Isabel shrugs, lifting her arms up in surrender as she takes the first of many sips of caffeine. She holds her ground, leaning her hip against a junk drawer as she makes herself a quick breakfast of toast with peanut butter, ignoring her son's grumpy, childish pout. It's been nine months since Isabel and Andy officially moved in, six since the wedding, but she still hasn't crossed the threshold that comes with parenting teenage stepchildren. And now I will read the uh, final version, or close to final version. 30 minutes in the backseat together and my sister wants to kill me. A new record. Devin, Maya snaps her fingers in my face when I ignore her. Move over. It's the third time she's made that demand since we piled into the car. 
Any other day, I would have packed up my drawing tablet and laptop and given her free reign over the back seat. But I'm holding my ground this time. I push her hand out of my face. No, I'm working. No, you're not, she scoffs. You've been looking at your phone this whole time. Your tablet isn't even on. Up in the peaceful driver's seat, Dad sighs while our stepbrother Andy tries and fails to hold back a snort. We should have seen this coming when we let Andy call shotgun. It made sense at the time. Shoving six-foot-three Andy into the cramped back seat of our Honda Civic wouldn't have been fair. But Maya hates long drives, and my tablet takes up all the extra leg space. It was a recipe for disaster. I'm doing research, I reply indignantly. I turn my attention back to the profile I was scouring, only for Maya to snatch the phone out of my hand. She tucks it right into the one place she knows I'm not willing to go. Her bra. Social media stalking your classmates doesn't count as research. And there you have it. Those are the two very different <laughs> intros of this book. Wow. So thank you so much for sharing both of them. They're both yeah. really great. Thank and you. <laughs> like you said, really different. Mm -hmm. um, so first, I wanted to ask you, what was the inspiration kind of yeah. for the general um, piece? Yeah. So uh, the story is actually like a kind of my one line pitch is it's about these two rival families at a small lake in Florida, and they compete in this local competition every year. One family, the love interest family, um, kind of win every year. And then the main character, Devin's family, loses to them every year. They have this longstanding rivalry surrounding this competition, and they wind up getting involved in this very high stakes bet. And when the son of the rival family needs a fake date very desperately, Devin sees an opportunity to use this to his advantage and take down the other family in the competition for good. And the inspiration for this came from uh, when I went to visit this very similar type of lake uh, a couple years ago with my family. I didn't know that this was a thing because it was not something I'd ever done where families will go to like a lake cabin year after year. Like that's kind of like their summer and their winter trip. And they like form bonds with all the people that are there. And they have like little local rivalries and fun. And like it's a little community just for the holidays and the summers. And I thought that was so fascinating. That was something I had never heard of. And I was like, what a cool idea of just like having this like small community of people that like you only have them here. Like then I thought about what it would be like if my family was there because we're very loud and very competitive. <laughs> so it's like we wouldn't have a lot of en enemies if we were here. We would not be making a lot of friends if it came to competitions. And that's essentially where it came from. Wow, that's so cool. So you. what's your process like for writing? Um, yeah, I think it's it's changed a lot since I wrote that first draft. So for the first, first, first draft, I kind of had like a bullet point for like every other chapter. I was like, I think in this chapter they should go kayaking. And then <laughs> I think in this chapter they should have dinner together. And <laughs> it did not go very well because I got like through the whole book to the end. And I realized that like I wanted to change the ending midway and the beginning that I wrote didn't match the ending. So this actual first draft was like technically never completed because it had no ending. I went back and rewrote the whole thing to change it to fit the new ending. But now I'm very meticulous about uh, outlining. So every chapter I like I'm going to write has a very detailed outline of what's going to happen. And that just works a lot better for me. I still change things along the way. And I do sometimes have to go back and change things to fit what I'm building towards. But it means I just draft a lot faster and it feels a little bit more cohesive now. <laughs> uh, so for both of these drafts, these were like the opening scenes for the book, right? Yes. So what led to the sudden change in like setting, but also perspective? Because the beginning draft is a lot showing kind of the mom more than Devin. And then mm -hmm. Devin is the focus of the, the final one. So what was the what caused the giant shift besides the ending? 
Yeah, I think it was actually learning to read more in my genre, since this book was kind of my first attempt to write a YA novel. I hadn't really been reading as much in YA as I should have before I set out to write this book. I was reading a lot of adult books, which tend to be more in third person. I was reading a lot of fan fiction, which is also tends to be written in third person. And when I decided to write this novel, I just kind of assumed that third person is just the way that you write a book. But if I had actually done my research and read more YA books, I would have seen that first person is a lot more common. And especially as I looked back on that first draft, the first, first, first one, it feels a lot more distant. Like you said, especially if you look at the beginning, there are all these characters and you don't quite know how they all go together. <laughs> it's like, how are all these people related to each other? Even uh, Devin's sister, her name changed. It used to be Devin and Diva, but that was obviously very confusing to people. <laughs> so she's it's now Devin and Maya. And mm-hmm. what kind of like, is I think is really important in YA is kind of having a character that you're following. And that's usually like your main character and feeling very rooted to them and their connection to the story. And that was a big change when the time came where I completely rewrote this draft. I was writing it in first person because it was just so much easier to tell this story when you were like, oh, yes, Devin is the main character. And it's such a good way of getting inside of the character's head and understanding their voice, especially since this is a romantic comedy. I think the, a lot of the comedy comes from Devin's internal monologue and his thoughts, which was a lot harder to convey in third person <laughs> than it was in first person. So I think that was the biggest change was like, one, it's just kind of an industry standard, though not, you know, not the standard, but I would say most books in YA, especially in romance, tend to be in first person. But I think it actually does just work super well for the genre. And so I knew that at that point, I was like, I need to change it. But I also knew that I needed to set the story a little bit later, basically start later in the story in the original first draft. They're in their house back home and kind of packing to get ready to go on this trip to this lake. Whereas in the close to final version, they're already in the car going to the lake. So there's kind of no reason to really be in their house. You can start the story much later is something I always learn. It's like, you still get the establishment of who these characters are. And in a couple more paragraphs, you would learn where they're going. But it's there's kind of no reason to see their their normal life when it's not going to play a huge role in the story later on. So I said it a little bit later. Makes sense. So is this like, kind of out of your comfort zone to write in first person? Actually, it was at the time I was super nervous about it because I had like, I think I hadn't written in first person since I was like in high school. And I was like, I'm going to be terrible at it. And actually now, now that I'm a couple books in, like, I can't even imagine not writing in first person, which is weird. It is just so much easier to convey who the character is. And it's so much fun to explore characters voice in first person because it's just such an intimate POV. So I actually love writing in first person, but I was very nervous at the time that it was kind of just going to sound like me like if I was just writing a diary like Devin was just gonna be me but now that I've read it later I'm like you can tell like Devin and I are not really the same person (laughs) very much not the same person but it was it's just such a fun way to explore things so it took some fine-tuning like I think I did three more drafts after the first person and like just some drafts so just writing a single scene in first person to understand how to write in first person which was weird and just know like how do I do dialogue you know, the, if you're writing a first person, the character wouldn't necessarily know a lot of the things that he knew in the third person draft because he's not in their head. How would he know that? So learning that was its own skill. But I, I find that it's just it's such a fun medium to explore. So I love first person now. Well, that's really cool. Yeah. Thank you. Now, <laughs> for the specifics of the story, I find the relationships between the family really intriguing, like mm-hmm. between all the siblings. How do you imagine it, that playing out and like the grand scheme of things like why was it important for you to have this kind of dynamic between siblings 
Yeah. Um, ultimately, the story is, you know, it's a rom-com. It's about uh, Devin meeting this person who he thought he hated his whole life. And spoiler alert, they fall in love. <laughs> but it, <laughs> yay. and ultimately, though, it is really a lot of it is about family. And that's something that developed in later drafts is that the story, a lot of it has to do with Devin's relationship with his twin sister, Maya, and how they have friction between each other at kind of the start of the story for various reasons. And it's about his journey with his family, because Another thing that happens in the book is that uh, their mother has recently passed away and this lake cabin is kind of the only thing they have left of her. They have this new stepmom and stepbrother moving in. They're adjusting to what it means to be this blended family. And so much of the story like, is about Devin's relationship with his family in addition to his relationship with this love interest. And especially since the core conflict is two families that hate each other, <laughs> you need to also have a sense of you know the whole family itself. So... What was really important to me was kind of exploring their relationships with one another, which is where first person became very handy, is being able to see how Devin feels about these different characters and what his relationships with them are. So I always knew that I wanted it to be kind of a family story, but it's definitely something that kind of expanded as, as the drafts went on. That's really sweet. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> now, because you're writing a YA novel, you obviously have to write from the perspective of like teenagers, mm -hmm. as your characters are. Um, how was that for you? It was interesting. I was saying, um, I was asked once, why do I write YA? And I said it was because I didn't feel like I could write about adults yet because I wasn't <laughs> old enough. I was like, I don't know what it means to be an adult. I started <laughs> writing this story when I was, I think I was 23 or 24. Um, and what it was really cool about it was that I found that I was able to write about a lot of things that I experienced as a teenager that I didn't quite get to process or understand as much until I was much older. And I think that's really cool about YA is that you can kind of, it can almost be a retrospective about themes and topics and things that you personally dealt with in your teenage years that you kind of understand and are able to look at more objectively once you're a little bit older. Now at my, at my big age of 27, I'm like, I can write about being an adult. <laughs> now I can. But I think it's really fun it's also like just um this is partly because this is kind of a comedy it's like really fun to kind of explore comedy with like teenagers and kind of the way that I felt when I was a teenager which was often very silly um but it is hard sometimes in the sense that it's so weird when you write uh YA and I'm not that old but like to be like would they even use Facebook anymore Facebook was huge when I was in high school and it was like no they no one uses Facebook I don't even use Facebook anymore so that part is tough. Avoiding pop culture references, which I try to do, is because they get so dated so quickly, is tough. But also, it it, it aged me very quickly because I was like, I don't know what's hip anymore. <laughs> so, um, when you say that writing way is kind of like almost reflective of your own teenagers, do you feel that with this book specifically, or just the genre in general? I think uh, I don't want to speak for anybody, but I in the, I think that's something that we can see a lot in the genre in general. But definitely for me, this book explores a lot of things that happened, you know, in my teenagehood. This is a queer YA rom-com. So kind of like it explores a lot of themes in that, like what I really wanted this book to be was like a very positive queer YA rom-com where like the family, like the queerness is not kind of like a source of strife. And really, it's just about a very realistic family just they're like, yep, uh, both of these kids are queer. It's chill. Like, we all love each other. And the kind of the problems, <laughs> the problems in this family and all the strife kind of comes from their interpersonal relationships. And a lot of those relationships came from things that I dealt with in college, including like 
wanting to pursue art as a career and, you know, feeling like you're unable to do so because, you know, you're nervous about disappointing your parents who did not really have the same creative freedom that you do, as well as just like figuring out what it means to be like to be an art student in college. And also themes of loss, uh, which was something that I understood a lot more when I was older, dealing with the loss of a parent and what it means to kind of move on from that. Uh, so definitely, it's has a lot of themes <laughs> of things that I, I dealt with. Also, this fear of moving away for college and because the character is a freshman in college and he had a not great first semester, which I can really relate to. Um, <laughs> and it's a lot of things that kind of I dealt with and I kind of understood and was like, I want to talk about this because I, you know, I think it's helpful to talk about the not so great things that happen and the struggles that we sometimes face. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Um so it seems that representation was important to you as well when it comes mm-hmm. to writing this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. And it was really cool. This is the first time I ever wrote a book uh, that had a Puerto Rican main character. So it was so cool to be able to write a story where my own culture is reflected and kind of like our family values and our traditions. That was probably one of my favorite parts about the book was that I never gave myself permission to write Latinx characters. And this is the first time that I really got to explore that. I didn't do it as much in the first draft because I kept thinking like, I think the character wasn't even Puerto Rican in the first draft. I was just like, no one's going to care about a Puerto Rican author writing a Puerto Rican character. But I think that it added like just so much in the in the later drafts. And it was just so much fun to explore. I think that's really cool. Thank you. Um, So how has Girls Right Now helped you or has affected your writing or this piece? Mm -hmm. It's been great uh, having a, a mentee. It's just so much fun. It's brought so much like passion for talking about writing and it reminds me so much of when I was in high school and just like that joy of being excited to write and I think that girls right now is great because it just fosters so much creativity and such a positive environment for girls to come and create and it reminds me so much of like how I was in high school where I was like I just want to write I want to go home and I want to write and I want to find time to write which is something I think that's easy to lose when you're a little bit older or when you're doing something like this where you're writing a book and your book is kind of a business now and it has revitalized so much of my passion I love uh, talking with my mentee uh, just about her writing and her excitement and just it reminds me kind of of like going home after school and calling my best friend like on the phone just to talk about the stories that we were going to write. And it feels like that, like just the excitement of being, of talking about someone else's work, of seeing their work grow, I think has just been amazing. And especially it's just such a supportive community too. So being surrounded by writers is always awesome because it's just, you're just so happy for each other and so creative and it's just a very warm and create and creative environment. Yeah, I would totally agree. Now, mm-hmm. um, I don't know about our audience, but definitely for me, kind of, I'm trying to write a book, and I kind of feel what you were talking about, how it feels more like a business mm-hmm. than um, a passion. So how do you make sure it doesn't become too, like, how, how do you make sure not to lose the joy mm-hmm. in writing it? Yeah, I think it's tough because so much of this industry they'll tell you like you know you need to write to the market you need to do this this is what's hot these tropes are good you should do this this genre is really doing well and I think that what's important is like from just really loving your story that you're going to write uh and that's tough sometimes with because sometimes the story that you love is not the story that the market is going to love which really sucks but I think that because you're going to spend so much time with this story like I have been working on this book since I was 23 or 24, and it comes out when I'm 28. I I was like, that's a long time to be working on one book. And I was like, the reason I'm able to do that is because I love this book. I love the story. And I love who the characters are in the story that they're telling. 
And if I didn't feel that way, I don't think I'd be able to do it. Um, and I think that it's just about like finding a story that you truly feel passionate about and a character that you feel very passionate about will just really help you in the long run. Even if the industry sometimes can be cruel and it's like, I don't want this story. If it's something that you're proud of and that you genuinely love coming back to time and time again, that will make the process so much easier than kind of looking online and being like, okay, enemies to lovers is hot. Uh, romanticy is hot. Um, this setting is hot. I'm going to write that book. And you don't feel um, that attachment to the character um, and the story. You just write it because you feel like you have to. I think that will be a little bit tougher than if you kind of like have a story that you truly like, you're like, this is, this is it. This is what people call it, the book of my heart. It makes things so much easier and harder at the same time because you're very passionate about your story but in the sense that of revisiting it time after time it will be helpful mm. so how did you go about publishing this like what were the steps you took to getting this to be um you know your dream of four years becoming a reality <laughs> yeah uh so I kind of my dream was always like since I was a little kid was to publish a book I just never thought I'd be able to do it um and I didn't know how because no one in my life had ever done it before so I had to google I'm like how do you publish a book <laughs> <laughs> and it was quite confusing at first for first thing I did was that I knew that that first draft not this one but a, the second draft that I wrote was like not ready to be what's called queried which is sending your book to agents and asking if they want to represent you um I knew that it wasn't ready for that so I joined a men mentorship program called Author Mentor Match, uh, where I was matched up with a mentor who was an agented author who helped me with my manuscript. And we revised that together. Eventually, I sent out my book uh, to agents about a month and a half after. And that was the draft where I changed it to first person and changed like a whole bunch of stuff because mm -hmm. my mentor is brilliant. And they're just so smart. <laughs> and then from there, I sent my book out to agents, I eventually signed with my agent, and then from there, I went on submission to a couple different publishers, and I actually did what's called an R&R &R for my publisher, where uh, they really liked the book, but they had like some ideas for changes that they wanted to see. So I made those first, and then I, they eventually bought the book. Um, and that's how I wound up with them. And that's where another time that I had to revise the book. And every time I did these revisions, even though it's like, oh, man, I'm working on this book again, <laughs> I always knew that these were changes that I believed in. And I was like, these are these changes are definitely making the book better. And every time I would do these revisions, I was like, the book is better and better and better and better. And I've never felt more confident about it until now, like the kind of the most polished version. I was like, all those changes, even though it was a lot of, wor of times working on one book are definitely worth the effort. <laughs> definitely was worth it. Um, so yeah, that's the the kind of short version of of how I how this book came to be. Wow, that's a great story and great advice for people who aspire to publish their own books. Mm -hmm. um, anything else you want to add anywhere um, the viewers can read your work after yeah. this, like where they can find their, your work? Yeah, you can find me on uh, Twitter at E. Gonzalez Rose. That's Gonzalez with two Zs. <laughs> you can find me on Instagram at L. Gonzalez Rose. L is spelled E-L-L-E. -L -L -E. And I'm also on TikTok. Uh, still figuring that out, but I am, <laughs> I am on TikTok at L. Gonzalez Rose as well. All right. Well, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you to Jamila and Elle for sharing their work, their thoughts, and their conversation with us. And thank you to our listeners for joining us in this episode of Speaking in First Draft. Check back bi-weekly on Wednesdays for a new episode, 
and make sure you subscribe to Speaking in First Draft wherever you get your podcasts. Much like the drafts in these episodes, we're just starting out, and we'd greatly appreciate any feedback you have. Leave us a review wherever you listen to this episode and tell your friends. This episode is a production of Girls Right Now. It was produced, edited, and hosted by me, Catherine Destin, and was recorded by Jamila Araf. See you next time, and happy writing.